Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about how to start their own service-based company, please do us a favor and drop a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. Let's get after it. What are we talking Let's about today? Let's get after it what today. What are we talking about? We are going to talk about how to raise your children so that they end up as productive members of society you instead mean, of crybaby sissies who want everything handed to them. Okay. So basically everyone that we've grown up with that plays video games until they're fucking 42. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, wh- hey, what'd you do last night, bro? Yeah. Man, I was on Call. Were, of were Duty. you on Call of Duty? I was on Call of Duty, fucking yeah. all night, man. Yeah. Losers. For all of you that play video games, I apologize, but find something better to do with your time. Yeah. Especially so, once you have kids, and that's I mean, once you have kids and have a job and have a home and are being successful, you cannot waste your time playing video games all day. Yeah, unless, 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 unless. And unless all your P's and Q's are accounted for. Then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Unless you are using video games as an avenue for revenue. I know lots of guys that make okay money. Right. I shouldn't say a lot. I know two. I know two guys that make some money playing video games. I mean, that is somebody who has used, you know, just like I use plumbing skills as a a means to produce income. Um, there are people that use video game skills and editing skills and people skills and all of the other things as a means to produce revenue. What so, was that guy that we went to high school with? He Jonathan was, Wendell. Wendell. He yes. didn't he so he won like wasn't it like a million bucks? Um two fifty. I don't remember what it was. I still like follow him today. Um, is he still doing video games? Oh yeah. He, and he's so, fucking crushing it. So he won. This has been like he's, 15 years ago. He won some big tournament uh, and was. No, the, 22 years ago. Was it 22 years ago? He won some big tournament in New York. And this is before esports were even called esports. Oh, yeah. This is right? when they were just video games. He won like a, like his first tournament he went to, he won like 100 grand or something. Oh, right? that's like right. it was a lot, right? Yeah. Well, then he's continued on and continued on and continued on. Still well, crushing now, it? Now he's like a revolutionary leader in the esports industry. And he lives out in Vegas. And he is constantly crushing it in the video game realm you know right? what i don't understand is so they like they talk about all these video games and like i know guys that are like oh we used to play halo but now we play call of duty because we can't keep up with the kids that are on halo well wendell's got to be what 42 mm, yeah 41 42 and so you tell me he's still kicking those kids ass yeah I and mean, he's still playing like doom and quake and all this shit that, that, from like <laughs> doom from, from like, like 1988 yeah like 99, 2000, something like that. Cold yeah. classic. Can I get into Doom? Can yeah. I go do get it? Get you a BFG 9000 or whatever. Big fucking gun 9000. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was BFG 
you were uh, it was up to you to decide what well, the letter it was big for. fucking gun that's <laughs> what it was we all knew it yeah we all knew it oh wendell jonathan wendell yeah that's a blast from the past it is that is a blast from the past i still see him like on on social all the time really yep pretty wild so that is not the video gamer that we're talking about. We're talking about the loser who will never amount to anything. And just and plays just for six plays hours a day with his buddies. And wastes enormous amounts of their life playing video games, right? That's not really what the show's about, but that's who we're no. talking about right now. Right. So uh, today's show is about Boom. Um, how to raise your children with a level of education and discipline so that they grow up to be positive, upstanding, and contributing members of society rather than children that need safe spaces and things handed to them for free because they don't feel like they should have to work for anything. Yeah. When you see the the little kid throwing a temper tantrum in the price chopper, uh, what, let me, where, where do they do it? Not the candy aisle, the fruit snack aisle. Right. You know, in the little toy aisle, oh, yeah. they get whatever they want, and then they're crying and screaming, and they, yeah, and dad doesn't know what to do. He just walks over there, and he's like, "Here, okay, we're gonna get these, put them in the cart." And the kid literally goes from being on his deathbed to sitting up, dry, no tears. Yep. When you do that, they know they can do that forever. Dude, I'll never forget. My kids were throwing a tantrum. We were in Target, and I was by myself, me and my two boys. My kids were throwing a tantrum in Target. And I put their asses in a timeout <laughs> in the in the target aisle, like <laughs> like I'm a spanker, right? I'll spank my kids. Oh yeah, whip but their ass, man. You kind of can't do it in public. I've done it in right? public. And I, had, I mean, I have. I right? had a lady look at me like I didn't say yeah. it, but I literally wanted to say, you, "Bitch, you're next." Yeah, you, like, you look at them like you're next if you cross yeah, me. Yeah, right? just look at them right at her like. Yeah. You got a problem? So, because, bitch, I'll whip your ass too. And, and, you want a timeout? And our behavior <laughs> with them was um, so, you know, everyone's got different rules for spanking and all that stuff. My wife and I's rule for spanking was that we would only spank them um, if their actions put their life in danger in some way, shape, or form. Right? Um, now, not mine. I you back talk your mom. You back talk your mom. That just puts your life in danger. Right? <laughs> so. <laughs> It's a little bit loose definition of what puts your life in danger, yeah, but okay. uh, the skepticism these, also applies. <laughs> the, yeah, these boys were being honorary in Target, and they got an honorary timeout like in the middle of the aisle at Target, and I'm there by myself. Are you just like arms crossed, standing over them. We're standing, having a timeout, yep, boys. They're sitting on the bottom shelf, just sitting there, <laughs> and I make them sit on their hands whenever they're in timeout, so they can't like you know little boys, their oh, hands yeah. will fucking wander, right? And so <laughs> my hands wander now. Right. <laughs> I've talked to your wife. I know. Back rub don't mean just a back rub. That's damn straight. So anyway, we uh, were at Target. They're sitting on their hands on the shelf, and they're Indian style. They look like little prisoners. <laughs> and all these other moms are walking by, and they, they immediately know, right? They know right off the get-go. Half of them are like, oh, man. The other half are like, fuck yeah. No, all of them are like, good job. Yeah. You know, they're just like, I know that. I Yep. Good. I'll, you need this aisle to yourself. I'll go, I'll be on the next. Just let me know when you're done. Right. <laughs> I'll come back when you're done. Yeah. Like, can I send my kid over for a minute? Because they could, I don't know what they did, but they probably need to be in timeout for uh, something. How funny would it be if some lady was like, Hey, just like walked over and then her daughter sat down and she was like, Hey, 
This was a timeout to you. Can you watch her for you like got two her? minutes? I, I, Bitch, I got her. <laughs> I'm going to go grab some wine. I'll be back. I'll take a shift. I got you can it. go get what you yeah, need. I got it. Right? I got it. Yeah. So They're on the clock. Uh, my kids have seen their fair share of punishments. There's been, there's definitely been their fair share of times where they should have been more punished than what they are. Right. I mean, what was it like eight or 10 shows ago? We were talking about how my kid called his teacher a bitch. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, obviously I don't have the parenting thing perfected. No. However, first off, no one does. Right. No, no one does. No. Um, but (laughs) <laughs> I will say that we do a pretty good job of making them um, earn their keep and making them understand that they have chores around the house to do and, um, and they have to contribute around the house. Yeah, right? Layla, Layla didn't have – so girls – let's be honest. Girls are way different than boys. Like girls yeah, girls have reason, a penis. Boys have a vagina. You want to say that again? Girls have a penis. <laughs> Boys have a vagina. Did you vote de- Democrat last? Um, I'm just kindergarten <laughs> cop. I'm, I'm quoting lines Schwarzenegger. from kindergarten cop. They, like Layla, you don't, like she even at three years old could manipulate you mentally. Oh, yeah. Like so, and my mom used to do this too. And she learned it from her mom. Yeah, well, you know, my, her mom's pretty smart. Like, you, I, literally one time, I she was it was just me and her. Okay, we're at the store, Walmart, of course. She's throwing a huge temper tantrum, and she only did this, I think, like laid on the floor and th- like maybe t- two times. I literally just took the cart and I said, "Fine, you're on your own," and went around the aisle. Well, I ran to the other end and like looked around. She literally was just sat up, stopped crying. And looked and was like, I could see her because I'm looking at the back of her. Back of her, she's looking where I went, just waiting for me. Waiting to come for back. you to come back. Yeah. I go back around and I poke my head around, cry, just flail back, lay, just. Cry. I'm like, okay. Yeah. She uh, had you. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I go back around, you know, and she's. I, I go back around. She sits back up and she's just sitting there. Yeah. I walk up behind her. I'm like, Layla. I mean, she turns around, her eyes are like, you know, dollars, silver yeah. dollars. They're humongous. Are you done? She literally looked at me and didn't know what to do. Nope. Like, what? Fine. Busted. Right. Like, totally fine. Yeah. I mean, only a couple of those episodes, and she, I knew that she was trying to manipulate me and get what she wanted. Look, we all know that that's what kids are doing, oh, yeah. right? But it's, you have to be able to recognize this is what they're doing. I'm not going to – you have to have the patience of Job. Yep. You know, you have to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm just going to – I'm going to do the job. Kids, kids can get you emotional. To, dude, they can – I've seen women – not just women. I've seen women, mostly women, break down at yeah. the grocery store yep. because three kids are all doing the same thing, yep. and they're literally over by the olives crying. Like just, I mean, these these little kids have just wore them down yep. to a fucking nub. So my my wife you and I have don't let the kids overrun you. We, okay, we, we you have a standing we have a standing rule that we will never punish out of anger, and there's been many a times 
where, oh, okay, God. What are you doing? Uh, maybe I'm tired. I don't know. Mitch had, first um, off, for everyone listening, Mitch had two shots of captain, and now he's ready for bedtime. That's a lot of captain. Yeah, two, two whole glasses ounces. of captain. Two whole ounces. Uh, so we we have a standing rule that we will never punish out of anger, and there's been many a times we have to tag team in and be like, you're in, I'm out, I'm mad, you punish them. <laughs> Right. And and I don't even know what they did. I didn't get the download. It's just she's mad and now I have to punish them. And so I'm like, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and I'll like reverse psychology. Yeah, like, hey, dude, and I'll stand there with my dude, arms crossed and I'll be like, what happened? What do you think you should be punished for? Because <laughs> you're so and, dumb and, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Well, I, I got to like I find say out. You're right? dumb, but you feel dumb. You're like, he's yeah, like, I'm going to. I got to. Yeah, he's like yeah. trying to figure like what they actually did because he wasn't paying attention. You're right. Right. Be like, so. Well, or maybe I just got home and she's like, you're these kids are yours now. They're in trouble and I'm leaving. Right. Which is understandable. Right. And so. Well, yeah, I've known your boys. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm, I'll be like standing there, arms folded. I'm like, you guys know what you did what do you think your punishment should be? And a kid will always punish themselves harder than what you would. And so you can be like, I don't know. That's they'll true. be like, I, I should be know. grounded for a week. And I'll be like, I agree with that. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> I was, gonna say a couple I was thinking two days, fucker, but you know what? Yeah. You got a week now, buddy. Right. Oh my God. That is not the point of this show. Well, it kind of is. I mean, so, it kind of is, but so basically you got two main areas of focus, right? You've got one area of focus that teaches or talks. It surrounds around the idea that a kid should be earning their keep early on. Um, you got another area of focus that talks or, or surrounds around the idea that um, parents owe their kids the favor of teaching their children discipline from an early age, right? So discipline is doing things that we don't want to do, but we still do them, right? Um, dishes, laundry, house chores, No one vacuuming, wants to do that stuff. Sweeping, right, right. Nobody, nobody wants to do that stuff. It's things that we have to do, and it's things that if we don't do them, uh, they only get worse, right? Yeah. So um, there is no reason at all that as early as an age of like five that your children shouldn't be starting to incorporate in this. And I'll be the first one to say that um, we are pretty behind the game on that in our kids. I'm trying to catch up as fast as I can, but um, this is, this is one area where, where my wife and I have had differing opinions on because typically house chores were kind of her thing, right? And so she didn't want the five-year-old to be like sweeping because then she would have to clean up afterwards. Well, that's part of that's part of raising kids. It's part of raising kids, and that's part of the work that goes into teaching them discipline. Is yeah. they're gonna fuck it up for a while, and you're gonna have to back clean up, right? From yeah. day one, it's not like you don't have to do that chore anymore. It's not about them doing the chore because they're not gonna do it very good from day one. It's more about the discipline that they're learning and the behaviors that they're learning, right? Yeah. Layla had a – so the, the way we did it with her was I got a whiteboard, and it was her chore chart. Right. Okay? So for every chore – so it I, I, there was a list. It was like a spreadsheet. So there was a list of eight chores, mm -hmm. okay? And, I mean, it was make your bed, clean your room, clean the house, feed the dog, you know, pick up your laundry, do laundry, whatever – Okay, and then the chart went out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, right. and the chores were for every one that she did on that day. She put a check mark on there. Right. And if she did that 
for every check mark she got 50 cents but we did not we told her you don't have to do any of these things right okay we're not making you you literally only have to do what you want to do if you want to make some extra ice cream money right or Walmart Lego money but you don't have to do any of them so we but we would but we would talk about all the time we talked about just like you said earlier chores and things that you have to do no one wants to do those right life is full of things that you don't want to do but you need to do right to be successful and to get not necessarily we you know at, at her young age we didn't we didn't say those things we said you know they were things that you had to do just to get things done you had to do these things so that life went on right you know in a general census and she wouldn't do every you know she would do you know there were eight i think there were eight things on that list times 7 days a week that's a lot right she would do five there would right. be five check marks or six check marks or, or you know what and after a while though there would be more Right. And then there would be more. And then there would be more. But you know what happened? After that, she would just start doing things and not putting check marks up. And then eventually, I quit telling her to put check marks up. Right. That board is still in her room. I bet she hasn't put a check mark on that thing in a year and a half. Right. But she just knows. She's still doing them. But she just knows in order for life to move on and be regular and for the, her room to be clean and for everything – um, to work in harmony, those things have to be done, and she just does them. Right. You know, not all of them. I'm not going to act like, oh, I got to figure it out as a parent. I don't. She does. You know, yep. but just the point is, if you don't start teaching your kids early, it's going to be harder later. Like you just said, you know, you're trying to catch up on that train. Mm -hmm. If you do have little kids, start early. Yeah. You know, then they just it, it it's part of life, and it seems so robotic to say. You have to keep teach your kids so that they're a, a, a good member of society. No, you teach your kids those things so that when they're on their own, they don't have to rely on you, and they can be self-sufficient, which allows them to be successful later. They'll be in more other successful areas right. of their life. Yeah, you know, one little thing. All it takes is one little thing to grow into something greater later right. as they get older. We we tend to split our chores up a little bit, so like they have chores. Uh, that they get paid for and they have chores that they don't get paid for. And ultimately it kind of comes down to like in real life, right? Like uh, I don't get paid for vacuuming. I don't get paid for taking out the trash and doing dishes and Your all that kind of does. stuff. <laughs> well, she didn't get paid either. Um, but um, like mowing the lawn. Austin's laughing because he pays his wife for chores. I bet he does. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So, but like my son, um, we had talked about it on a couple of shows ago. There's a pretty viral, I say pretty viral. There's a, I posted a video on TikTok that got like almost 700,000 views um, of my son in a little mowing gig that he had going on. And so um, when my son was getting into all of that and doing all of his mowing stuff, um, um, I actually sold my lawnmower because I looked at it as like a rite of passage. Like I'm now going to become a customer of my son. And so now I pay my son to mow the lawn 
not because it's like a chore based thing, but because like his little thing is lawn mowing and I'm going to be a customer of his just like anybody else. Well, would let's be. be honest. You're tired of doing it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to pay him or somebody else to do it. Yeah. So Janine's been mowing our yard for like, she started last fall and like, I pretend like, ah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we have a grasshopper rider and it's pretty awesome. It's great. But it's great because all I got to do is weed eat. Like I could weed eat it all in like 30 minutes and be like, yeah. done. Yeah. Done. She likes it. You know, yeah. she's never had to mow. Right. So now she's all loves it. zero turn, you know, yep. loves it. So my, my youngest son, he does poop scooping, right? Is he still doing that? Well, in our yard. The old poop scooper. So his job is to poop scoop before the older one mows. And we pay them both for those chores. But those are the only chores they get paid for. They don't get paid for anything else. So all their other chores around the house they don't get paid for just simply because, like, I don't get paid for it, right? Right. And and we, we try to establish that a little bit, like, we didn't. We wanted to let them understand very early on that there's a whole lot of shit you have to do that doesn't pay the bills, right? Um, however, like my older son, I mean, he's invested like thousands of dollars in all of his mowing equipment, and it's his own money. And so I'm not going to have him mow my lawn for free with his equipment that he's spent his own money on. And he's a 13-year-old kid that owns thousands of dollars in mowing equipment, and it's all his. I own none of it. Like, it's to the point where if I – like, he's been gone at the farm these last couple of weeks. You had to mow, didn't you? I text him. Like, as out of respect, I text him and ask him permission to use his mower so I can mow my own yard because it's his mower after all. You should, right? have, you should have called someone else and paid them. Well, and then when he it. got back and been like, hey, what happened? Well, yeah. you weren't around, so I had to pay somebody pay else. Pay somebody else, right? Well, <laughs> he just learned a hard lesson. He he was mowing the neighbors up the street, and he got anxious and quick and did, like, didn't do all the work. Like he mowed, but he didn't do the edging and the trimming and the blowing and all that stuff. And I told the neighbor, he's like, what do I do? The neighbor texts me. He's like, what do I need to do? Do I need to pay him or not? No pay. And I said, he knows full and well that if he doesn't do the job all the way, he doesn't get paid all the way or he doesn't get paid at all. So I'm going to leave that between you and him. I don't get in the middle of that. And <laughs> you pay him 50%. He didn't pay him anything. Yeah. I wouldn't have either. More power to him. Did he go right? up and did he go up and finish it up? No, he hadn't been like, he's been oh, back he's at the farm ever since. Yeah. So, so yeah. he don't know that he's coming home to a not doing it. You okay? Yep. God bless you. You're got gonna a, die. Got a dry spot in my throat. Yeah, uh, that's what she hair. said. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those hairs. <laughs> yeah, that's how those hairs get in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure Mason will figure it out on the next mowing and maybe get a couple bucks or get nothing for it. Like, yeah, if, if it were me, I would. If I were the neighbor, I wouldn't pay him at all. Like, I didn't pay you. Like, I'm not gonna pay you to half-ass mow my yard. I'm gonna pay you the full amount to do the full job. Yeah. And if you don't do the full job, I ain't paying you shit. That that's the point of the show. So as a parent, I would, when he got back, I I shouldn't say when he got back. When he said to me, "Hey, Dad, this happened," or this, I would say, "Hey, look, dude, you shouldn't have got paid." Yeah. You should go up, and this this is kind of the point of this show. You need to go up there, knock on the door, and apologize first off for not doing the right job. Right. Say, hey, I'm going to weed eat and I'm going to edge. Don't pay me. Next week when I come back, you'll get the 100%. Yeah. Like, that's what I would say to him. Yep. You know what I mean? 
the problem is in society now, moms jump in or dads and they say, oh, you should be paying. Like, oh, he's a kid, blah, blah, blah. You should be paying him. This just a one time. No. Right. Your job as a parent is to teach them etiquette, how to work, how to do what you say you're going to do. Right. And be a productive member of society. Yeah. Your job is not to go to bat for them when they do something wrong. Espe- yeah, especially go to bat for them when they do half-assed work. When you, right? Your job is when they do something right and the outcome isn't what it's supposed to be, then you go to bat for them. Right. Okay, that's your job. When they fuck up, it's your job to tell them they fucked up. And you are, you're going to bat for them – Right there, but not in the way that we normally think about those well, it's, things. It's a long-term play, right? You're going it, yeah. to bat for them, but you're going for exactly. bat for them as their adult, not as their child life. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and people have lost sight of that. You yeah. know, they as we've gone on as a society, especially, you know, in this century, people think that they have to, oh, I have to protect my child. I have to... I want them to be my child until they're 25. I have to do – no. Your job – you are their parent until they're dead. Okay? We all get it. Your right. job is to love them and nourish them and to do everything for them that you can. But your number one job is by the time they're 17, 18, 20, 21 is to have prepared them – to deal with society and be successful in society. Yeah. And that takes a great deal of personal sacrifice. Yeah. Because when you hold on to them and you squeeze them tight and you don't let them fly, that's for you, not them. Right. You're actually holding them back. Yeah. Okay. My daughter's nine and I see myself do it all the freaking time. Yeah. You know, when she's, when she's playing soccer and I'm like, Oh, you, you know, you should have done this and you should have done that. Blah, blah. Some of those things I need to step back and say she needs to come to those realizations on her own. Right. The only way she'll be better is if she does that. Right. You know, I can't always be lording over her. You know, and it that goes with every aspect of letting your child grow older. Right. Right. You. I mean, you literally need to be making conscious efforts every day. To be preparing your child for success as an adult, and um, you know, not having your kid vacuum because they're they might not do a very good job is not preparing them for success as an adult. Um, you know, having them vacuum and fucking it up, and then taking the opportunity to, you know, hey, let me show you how to do it a little bit better, like literally today. My son's vacuuming the stairs and he's not doing it quite right. And so I'm taking the opportunity to show him, do it this way, put the attachment on this way, use this attachment instead of this attachment, right? So you can't be afraid to have your kid vacuum at all because it might be a little bit of extra work up front um, because that work is very, very valid. So the... um, um, I had a customer tell me a long, long time ago, and I don't even know what brought this up, but I was in a customer's house and they mentioned something about how 
Uh, it's your job to raise your kids right, because if you don't raise your kids right, you're going to be raising your grandkids. Damn right. And I'm like, I've never heard damn, that. that's pretty accurate, right? Like, yeah. It, it's it's very, very accurate. You will end up raising your grandkids unless you raise your kids correctly. And so um, I tend to think of things in more of the long-term vision of like, we're going to take the time and we're going to show you how to do exactly what to do. And you'll never like kids learn so fast. It's never it never takes as long as you think it is. No, um, they're on a different level than you when it comes to learning. And just like you were saying on the, you know, people like so say when your kids was doing the stairs and, you know, a lot of parents thing is oh, I'll just let them finish and move on. You know, I'll I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll yeah. fix it later. It'll take me two minutes and I'll fix it. Ugh. You know what? It it only takes you six minutes instead of two minutes to say hey. Dude, this to set is it straight. What you need to do, and then next time you don't have to teach him. You're plus six minutes. Yeah, well, I just I and you know people and, are lazy. We well, they're lazy in the so teaching, lazy. but then sometimes they're also lazy in the accountability. Right? Like kids know they they learn quick and they know how to do it correctly quickly. However, they choose to try to do it half-assed. And so the other the Story other half. Life. I'm trying to do everything half-assed. Yeah. So recently, the the <laughs> other half of that coin is to make sure that we are teaching the kids up front to um, uh, teaching the kids up front to maintain a level of discipline to do it correctly throughout. So um, yeah, he may have figured it out on how to vacuum, but then maybe next time he does it okay. But then the time after that, maybe a kid came to the door and he's wanting to go out and play, and so he rushes that through the vacuuming, right? Can't it's, do that. It's having the opportunity to go like, oh, hold on, I got to inspect this before you go play. Up, oh, you did a shitty job. You know, a lot of parents today are like, well, you didn't go do the ahead, greatest. Baby, Try I'll to do better it. next yeah, time. I'll get it. Right? Don't worry about it. Like. Oh, I didn't pay my bills the greatest. I'll try better next time. Meanwhile, yeah. your power's getting shut off. Yeah, all so, those things transition to something else. Right. The right. smallest, the smallest things that we learn when we're kids dictate how we are as adults. Right. You know. Right. And, and, and people are always like, you know, I tell Layla this all the time. She's like, oh, I don't want to, and I've said this on the show before. I don't want to. I don't want to. And see, you know what? Life is full of a ton of things that we don't want to do, but we have to do. Right. And if we do those things, then we get to do the things that we want to do or like to do later. Yep. It's so, the sacrifice for the greater good. Now, listen, I don't say all that stuff to her. I just say the part of yep. life's full of things you know we don't want to do, but we have to do. That's all I say to her. Yep. But as she gets older, I will say that the rest of that to her. You know, And I will say, hey— this is what we do, you know, and people, when I was a kid, people said those things to me, right? You know, not all of it, you know, some things I figured out a lot of things I learned, you know, and I, I don't want to be too hard on parents. I mean, I only have the one daughter. I'm not pretending like I all, I have it all figured out, but I will say my memory is insanely good. I remember that when Mitch and I were first friends and I was 13 I remember going to Mitch's house and literally his mom, Terry, saying no, it, telling those boys, this is how we do things. Mm -hmm. We have to do this. And Mitch would even be like, dude, I got to mow the yard. I can't. Right. I remember one time watching Mitch mow the front yard before we could go do stuff. We could go ride bikes. Right. 
I mean, granted, their our, yard was small. So our it thing, took, yeah, our it thing growing minutes. up was I would mow half of the front yard and my brother would mow the backyard and we switched every week. And yeah. so it was always a conversation of like, it's my week to mow the front yard. Yeah. And the backyard was big. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, it, I got to mow the backyard. First off, it wasn't big. No, but it no. was, when you're for a kid, them, it was humongous. When you're a kid, it's a four-mile trek for one stripe, right? Yeah. And then you turn around, and it's a four-mile trek back. But literally, I remember that 20 years later, yeah. waiting for Mitch to do his chore so that we could go do things. Right. And when and listen, parenting isn't, you know, they say it takes a village. It really does take a village. Yeah. It doesn't take a village in the sense of... It takes seven moms in the same house to raise that kid. No. But when you're teaching your kids, their friends are learning those things. Right. You know, well, and, and, I mean, literally, I'm sitting on Mitch's front step, and I'm just like arms crossed waiting. Yeah. And I'm just hoping and praying that Vic or Terry doesn't come out and want to talk to me <laughs> while Mitch is <laughs> mowing the yard so that we can go ride bikes. Right. You know, but I well, knew and, that, you know, that's just an example of and, we got to have our thing, our stuff done before we do what we want. Part of that village that it takes to raise kids is also when the kids are out and about amongst the community too, right? So like literally just last week, um, my youngest was up at the swimming pool and in our, in our neighborhood. And I caught wind that he was, somebody messaged me and said that he was being pretty disrespectful, right? So first thing I do is I hightail it up there yeah, and I go handle it, right? That's the village, right? It's the village. It, the the wrong attitude is for that parent to sit there silently and say, "Oh, that Smedley kids being disrespectful. They must not raise their kids very well." Like nobody wants their kids to be disrespectful, right? No. So I told the lady that texted me. I appreciated her. I said, "Thanks for letting me know. I'll come up there and handle it right away." And you bet your ass, I went up there and yanked his ass out of the pool, and he came home with so me. We're going home, bro. Right. And so, like, what the that's, fuck are you doing? That's the village. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, being able to hold other kids accountable through whatever means necessary is also important, too. Now, if she couldn't have gotten a hold of me, she probably would have tried to address things with my son on her own. And that's totally fine. Like if my kids earned an ass chewing from an adult, then oh, yeah. he's just going to have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So, Get um, it, bro, you know, I I mean, the lady handled that particular situation pretty well she got in contact with me first and if i wouldn't have been available she i mean I'm, i have no doubt she probably would have addressed it on her own so um the there's just there's a lot of people out there who have this idea that oh i want my kids to have a better life than i did and so what they think that means is that they don't want their kids to have to work as hard as they did. They think that means that their life should be easier. Well, they yeah, but they misunderstand what is an easy life, yeah. right? A hard life is one where you don't understand how life works and one where you don't understand how much work you have to put into things to get the result, right? Yeah. Like if you literally do everything for your kid and then you boot them out of the house – and they don't know how to do anything. That's on you. That's that kid's going to have a very hard yeah. life. Damn straight, and that's a hundred percent on you. So, so you went into it thinking you were, you were giving your do. kid an easy life, and you actually gave him one of the <laughs> hardest lives imaginable. Yeah, I know tons of very successful people that they don't teach their kids about money, mm -hmm. or they don't teach their kids about, and not necessarily that they don't teach them 
to not pay their bills or they don't teach them, you know, how to save or they don't teach them this, but they don't teach them the true aspect of what money can do for them. Right. And they don't teach them that, hey, the the real perspective of where you need to be is at, I'm just picking a number, you need to be at a hundred grand a year. Right. You know, they just, they don't talk about money with their kids in the way they should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Layla, I'm not saying I do anything right, but I tell her all the time, hey, all the money you make, we're putting in your college fund. Her right. college fund is an envelope in my safe. Okay. <laughs> There's like $1,200 in there. Right. But I'm not teaching her that it's a ton of money. I'm teaching her that she has to put a portion of it away all the time. Right. You know, so that maybe, you know, later down the road, she has money for that. Right. Or, you know, a, a lot of people that are very successful and are making four and $500,000 a year, they don't teach their kids that, hey, when you're at this level, it's different than your friend's level. Yeah. You have to – I didn't – I'm not giving you this. You have to work to get this. Right. Okay, this is not just where everybody's at all the time. Right. Okay, if they do that and they go out to college and then they just go out in the workforce and they're making 60 k a year, they have a – disoriented perception of how much money they have, how much money they can spend on a car, how much money they can buy a house for. Right. It's a total illusion mm-hmm. of what reality is really like. Right. Your job is to prepare them for the real world. Yes. And and that real world could be 150 K a year. That real world could be you're they're taking over your business at 400, but it, the real world is also you have to deal with people that are only making sixty. Well, that are only making a hundred. Your friends may be only making one. You have to give them a broad perspective of reality. Well, the I the, the, so the main overarching thing on. is it doesn't matter what you make. It's about dividing up their your even as your small children. It's about dividing up their income and and. When they're when they're super young children, it's a little bit different, right? So like right yeah. now, as my kid is thirteen, um, I've kind of committed to myself that the moment my kids turns fourteen, um, we go hard and heavy into the percentages of division of his income, right? This is how much you get to spend. This is how much you need to save, and this is how much you need to invest. And this is how much the government gets. Well, that's a that's, whole nother. that's a whole nother one, right? So um, they're fucking you. Make him so work. Just make him work, work six months it. of the year and just give it all to me and say I'm the government, right? So <laughs> I'd say three months at his bracket, but okay. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's right. where we're gonna start dividing that up because if you, um, I didn't have this guidance as, and I'm not saying my parents failed or anything else, but no, um, great. Your parents are great. Right, right, right. But it would have been really cool to have my parents like force me without my choice to say, you will save X amount of all of money that comes in. You will invest X amount of all of money that comes in. And the reason why is because habits can form very easily when you're young, right? And yeah. so, Or not even say you have to or you need to. Just say, this is what people do to be great. Right. You know what I mean? Hey, if you do this, you'll be you'll be awesome. Right. You know right. what I mean? And just form that brain into thinking 
these are the statistics you need to follow. Right. I mean, we, it sounds like brainwashing, but it's not. It's no. Just, it's just what we, it is. We shouldn't be encouraging 30-year-olds to start a retirement account. No. Right? We should be, we should be like smiling at our 18-year-old children who are already saving for retirement, right? Um, you, you've said it before. You're a major fan of compound interest. Well, yeah, damn right, baby. What happens if you're saving a couple hundred bucks a month at 18 versus a couple hundred bucks a month at 30? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. You're talking a million and a half dollars. Right, right. The, you know, the, and, we, and we've talked about this on, on the show before. What was the our show uh, class we had senior year? Um, you had to take it before you graduated, but gosh, they talked what was about it? senior skills or I, I don't remember, remember. But they talked about they talked about investing in stocks. They talked about uh, health insurance. They talked about having a job versus going to college. The right. number one thing I've said this on this show a billion times. I learned one great thing in high school, and it was that if you invest when you're 18, when you retire you will be a multimillionaire. And it was, I don't remember if it was like 2% or 8% or whatever, you know, 9%. The Dave Ramsey show, mm-hmm. you know, says all the time, if you invest $100, was $100 at 18 a month until you're 62, you'll be a multimillionaire and you don't have to worry about money. All you have to do are the small things right? in order to get there. You shouldn't have to go to high school to figure that out. Parents should be teaching their kids those things now. Right. You know what I mean? Don't wait. Don't think that, oh, I sent my kid to high school. Oh, I sent my kid to college. No. you. It's your responsibility to prepare them for success. Right. Okay? And if you don't, then some other jackass who thinks he's smart because he has a piece of paper from a degree is going to tell them what they should be doing with their money. Right. And nine times out of ten – they're wrong. Right. Right. You know, I maybe not nine times. Maybe I'm being dramatic. Maybe it's seven times. Maybe gonna, it's six. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's one. I don't know. But I do know that if you tell them to do the right things with their money, it carries more weight than those teachers. Right. I'm going to, I'm, uh, I'm pulling up an investment <laughs> calculator here. Oh, so you got a retirement calculator on your deal? Let's go 46 years. So that would be from 16 to 62. Okay. Annual rate of return is 6%, compounded annually, and we are starting with $0. Should be quarterly, but okay. Compounded quarterly. There you go. Um. We are going to contribute at the beginning. Or if you're doing 6%, I'd say quarterly. At the beginning of be each annually. month, let's just do $100. Yeah, do 100 bucks. Okay. So at 100 bucks, 46 years, 100 bucks a month at 6% return, um, that comes out to... For the three and a half? No, no, no. Uh, so Two total contributions, you've put in $55,000. Oh, but, okay. But with interest, uh, compound interest, your ending balance is two hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars. Okay. Nice. So almost. So I said three Three hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that's a hundred dollars a month, right? That's a low number. Yeah. Let's just say it's two hundred it a month. Thousand. I was thinking of thousand dollars a month. So two hundred a month, invested from age sixteen to sixty-two. At a 6% interest. Like, that's pretty shitty interest. Yeah, it's pretty low. It's a very conservative number. 
you're at 584.9. So basically $585,000. Now, your total contributions, you've invested of your own money 100, 110. 110. And it's now worth 585, right? So, let's just say it's a 7% return instead of a 6% return. Guess what? Now it's $809,000, right? So 7% is a fairly good number, right? Um, Before Joe Biden, that was a great number. Let's say... Now that's a super great number. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out, at 7%, I'm going to figure out the magic number. Well, they say 8% is the average. Um, they say 8% annual return is the average of the stock market. Okay, so 401k, 8% is the average. 8%. So we're going to go conservative and say 7, right? Err on the side of caution. But from 16 to 62, at $250 a month, interest compounding quarterly, 7% rate of return, 46 years total investment, you yourself, at 46 years, you yourself have invested 138 grand. The ending balance on that account is one million eleven thousand nine hundred and sixty-three dollars. Yeah, and all it takes is to be able to start the behaviors early that result in a sixteen-year-old being perfectly okay with investing two hundred and fifty dollars a month. And I'll be damned, like we're totally okay paying four hundred bucks a month for car insurance. Right, like so we gotta have that Corvette, baby. We're as and listen. I'm, I am a. When I was 18, I had a 30th anniversary Z28. And my insurance was 310 dollars a month. Right, and I didn't give a flying fuck what happened. And my dad should have been like, dude, what are you doing? Right, you should be driving something that's a hundred dollars a month in insurance, and you should be investing that money in something else. Or do you want to be a millionaire? Or or even been like, dude, take that 200 dollars and party and get chicks and anything other than paying insurance. Listen, you've said it before. Insurance is the biggest game going. That car was great. And I had a lot of great memories. Okay. I mean, it was awesome. I got a lot of ass driving that car around, but the smart, was it worth a million dollars? (laughs) No, (laughs) it wasn't worth a million dollars. I mean, I had a lot of good times, but no, it wasn't worth a million dollars. Right. Okay. It wasn't. And, and so that's ultimately what we're talking about on this show is is having the discipline to raise your kids in a way to set them up for success. Right. It's it's the easy way out is to be like, yeah, go ahead and buy the car. You've got that good job. You work really hard. You've earned it. Well, you know what your kids have earned? A million fucking dollars. Yeah. Right. So two hundred fifty bucks a month at seven percent interest. If they start at sixteen, by yeah. the time they retire. That's a million dollars. Now, we all know as, as you know, I'm 40, right? I'm investing a hell of a lot more than 250 bucks a month right now. Why? Because I'm trying to play catch up. Yeah. It would be a whole totally different scenario. It's a humbling experience to play catch up. Yeah. It would be a totally different scenario if I had started earlier. Now, that's not to say I wasn't advised to do that. My dad for sure did advise me to do that. He recommended I do that. But maybe he started a little too late, right? Yeah. And so that's why I'm I'm going to start even earlier at at the 14 level. I'm I'm like part of me is pretty serious on not even a, like making it a rule like this is the way because this is the only way 
No different than like when you raise a kid and start making him vacuum. Like he just, we vacuum because this is the only way I've ever known to do it, right? This is, this is just the way. Well, same thing with how we separate our income is this percent goes to investment, this percent goes to savings, yeah. and this percent I can spend, right? Yeah. And if they, they learn that I can only spend X amount of my income, well, then no matter what, 10 years from now when their income is quadruple, it doesn't matter. They're only spending X amount of their income, and they're still saving X amount of their income, and they're still investing X amount of their income because that's what gets ingrained in them. Yeah. So I, you know, I've also I, I've thought a lot too about, you know, when you were, <clears throat> when you're younger and you're making that money, what if you thought, what if people thought about it as, I spend, what if you reversed it? I spend thirty percent on my living, and I spend ten percent on this, and I spend ten percent on that, and then everything over that, I have to put to investments. Right. You know what I mean? What if we reverse the thought? Of how we done that, you know, maybe if I had been taught that when I was younger, like, okay, thirty percent of your income goes to housing. Yeah. Okay, so that caps where you can live. Ten percent goes to insurance. That caps what you can spend. I'm right. just I'm just using any example. Well, fifteen percent goes towards food. That caps where you can go out to eat or what you're buying at the grocery store. What you're buying at the grocery store, and then everything over that has to go to investments or something of that nature. Right. Well, I'll add to that. It doesn't necessarily cap what you can spend. If you don't like what you're left with, or your percentage it is inspires capped. you yeah. to make more money, right? Robert Kiyosaki is a great, great influencer in the real estate world. Um, he's a great mentor and great advisor for people learning how to do real estate. He has a very good saying that says that he doesn't like the saying of live within your means. He says, find a way to make your living match your means. Yeah. Right. Like, like he wants you to bump up your income. If, if you, instead of living within your means, he wants you to like make more money so that you can live the way you want to live. Yeah. He flips the idea That's around. That's basically saying, what I'm saying. Yeah. I yeah, like it. I yeah. like it a lot. So. Um, but all of that starts with a vacuum cleaner. All of that starts with a broom and dishes with a, with a chore chart, with a chore chart, right? Yeah. All of that starts with the idea that if you truly want to give your kids a better life than what you had, you have to teach them discipline and structure so that when they have to do the things that they don't usually want to do, it's just automatic and they're not being kicked out of the nest at 18 to 20 years old going, ah. <sighs> I'm so glad I don't have to vacuum anymore. Well, and it's not that you're kicking them out at 20. They're ready to go. Right. They're like, hey, I've got this money. I'm going to college. I'm doing I'm this. I'm ready. I'm ready to be leaving you. Yeah. Listen, as a parent, you're heartbroken. Yeah. I don't want my daughter to leave. She's my best friend in the whole fucking world. I don't right. want her to go anywhere, but she's going to go. Ready. And when she goes, I can sleep well at night because I've done everything I can do. Right. To prepare her for the future. Right. I mean, that's my job. I have. When you become a parent, I love. I, I love this whole thought of, well, they're my kids, or they're this, or they're that. No, they're your life. Your job and your function as a person is over. Right. The only function you have is to raise that child to be great. 
so that when they leave, the next generation is bad fucking ass. Right. And they can take care of you when your old wrinkly ass balls can't do shit. That's your job. Um, I'm 40 and my balls are pretty wrinkly now. That's too much. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what kind of podcast this is. But I don't need to know about your old wrinkly balls. The, but I mean, just making sure they're still listening. <laughs> they're listening. But the, you know, your job, your life. You know, all, I, I hear this all the time. Well, when you have kids, your life isn't over. No, your life's not over, but it's fucking over. Okay, your well, number one focus. Right. Yep. Is no longer yourself. It is no longer your spouse. It is your child because you're raising the next generation. And somewhere along the lines, and I don't want to pin this on, you know, my folks or my grandparents or whatever, but every generation has led us to the shithole we're living in right now. And I love how all these people are like, all these older people are like, oh, well, this generation now. Well, who raised that fucking generation? You did. Right. So what the fuck are we going to do to turn it around? Right. You know, you have to be able to. It's perfectly okay to be hard on your kids and expect a lot out of them. Expect greatness out of them instead of just letting them go patsy by the wayside and then, oh, oh, you know what? This generation's ruining the country. Well, you know what? Maybe if you'd have done your fucking job, they'd. This country would be on the right track, it's, and it's, it's not. Because it's pretty easy to blame schools for a parent's inefficiency, right? Like, do I wish that schools would talk about financial literacy? Kind of. I wish they talked about it. I wish they talked about it more than stupid-ass fucking how to make a pillow in seventh fucking grade. Right, right. I get all that. However, at what point do we remove all of the Austin response? knows what I'm talking about. We had to make pillows in seventh grade, and it was fucking stupid. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I learned how to sew. Whoopity-fucking-do. I should have been learning how to financially take care of my money. Right, but that's that's what I'm getting at. The schools are designed to, designed to create you into a worker bee, right? They want you as a factory worker. They want you as a contributing member of the workforce. And so they're going to they, – the schools would rather teach you how to make the pillow than to teach you how to own the company that makes pillows, Right. And so the parent's job, once you like, it's your job as a parent to come through and teach your kids the financial literacy and teach your kids that the schools never taught you so that your kid can literally have an advantage off on all the other kids that are growing up where their parents aren't teaching them all that. You know, I've got a 13 year old son with thousands of dollars in mowing equipment and he owns it all by himself. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that that 13-year-old kid knows more about business and knows more about how the real world works and how money works than most of the kids in his class. Yeah. So, and and the school was never, ever going to teach him that, right? I knew early on that if he was going to learn that, it's up to me to teach him that. That's a parent's job, right? Same, the school doesn't make him do chores. The school doesn't make... You know, the school doesn't make them vacuum the school. The school doesn't make them do dishes. They gotta clean their little two-by-two desk, and that's it. They hardly even have to do that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, there are things that the parent has to teach the child to do in order to set the child up for success that the school can't and won't do. Yeah. And financial literacy is a parent's job. And if you don't know financial literacy, school yourself up before you start teaching your child. Um you know, chores and discipline and everything else is a parent's job. Schools are literally designed to teach your kid 
how to cram for a test and how to pass a test and how to be obedient. And that's it. That's all the schools are designed well, to do. And they're allowed, they're to babysit while I'm at work making money. Right. And maybe to <laughs> maybe to throw some agenda on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and to, and to teach agenda you don't need. Yeah. Yeah. So so, th- so they can go to a college and get a piece of paper that's fucking worthless. Right. 20% of the time. Right. 80% of the time, I just, no good. 20% good. I just today had a friend make a, a Facebook post saying, uh, do you think school properly prepared you to own a business? No. And literally not – there were 98 com- – at the time I saw it and put my comment on there. There were 98 comments on there, and not a single one. Yeah. On, on a scale of one to ten, how well do, the, the question was on a scale of one to ten, how well do you think school prepared you to own a business? The highest rating of anybody who commented on there was three, right? <laughs> so, and and the person who put a three said they had a master's in business, and so they're giving it a three simply because of that. Okay, a master's in business prepares you three out of ten. That's thirty percent. A master's in business only prepares you 30% yeah. to own a business from that one guy's opinion. And that's the highest score on this entire thing. Yeah. That should tell you right there that schools do not design you or set you up to be no. advantaged in the world. They set you up to be worker bees. Yeah. I've that's thought it. about, I've thought about a hundred times, like what would happen if I literally started applying for a business management position in any business, whether it be clothing, whether it be a bank, whether it be, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what. And literally all I did was fill out these applications and then at the bottom list what I've actually done and what I've actually accomplished and then just wrote at the bottom, hey, I'd be, I know that this is not what you want to see. But I'd love to come in for an interview and literally just sat down with someone. I wonder if I could actually get hired for like a $200,000 a year job. You could. With no, I, it's, I, I know I, – I think someone would have me in just to have me in. But I wonder if – Here's how it would If work. they would legitimately think or – The the foolish businesses would want to see all in. the degrees. The smart businesses would want to see your achievements. That's what I that's what I mean by by putting them at the bottom and just being like, okay, hey, look. You wouldn't even have to put, look, I don't, I know I don't have the schooling or anything else. That that doesn't matter, right? That, now you're like trying to sell yourself to a company. You shouldn't have to sell yourself to a good company, right? Well, smart businesses are going to look at your accomplishments and go from there. Hey, hey, buddy. My uh, speak of the devil, my 13-year-old son, I haven't seen him in like three weeks. He just walked into the podcast room. Mm, yeah. Get over here. Give me some love. Just just blow up the podcast with two minutes left. Hey, that's fine. Fucking, that's, gr- fucking I'll grand. Hug my, I'll yeah. hug my kid that got I haven't a, seen got in a, a couple of weeks. Brand new shirt. Hey, how's your mom? Look at there. Is she in the other room? No, she's downstairs. Oh, yeah. I'll see her in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, the, the schools are not going to prepare you for that. And, and smart businesses are going to hire you based off of your accomplishments instead of off of whatever piece of paper says, right? Because the proof is in the pudding. School does not prepare you for the real world. It prepares you to be obedient and it prepares you to follow orders and that's it. Yeah. 
So and that's what they want, baby. It's your parents. It's a parent's job to prepare you for success. And it's a parent's job to teach you how to amass a, a list of achievements, right? I.e. 13 year old with a couple thousand dollars in mowing equipment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically the gist of the show is, is basically pointing out that if you want your kids to be successful, be very disciplined and be very okay with enforcing that discipline on your children to do the tasks that you don't want to do every day in order to be successful because we all have to do them and you're not helping them out at all by doing them for them. And let's, let's not pretend like it's not work for you. It's work for you. Okay. Yeah. It takes more effort for you to get out of your comfort zone and spend extra time teaching them, especially if you have a construction job and you've been out for 10 hours a day in the sun and you're exhausted and you get home, it takes more effort for you to sit down with your child and say, hey, this is how the real world works. Right. Okay. It takes effort. You cannot be lazy. Right. You know, this society has pushed us into this thinking of, oh, well, you can just go home and sit down and watch Netflix, or you can go home and sit down and watch cable, or you can go, you deserve it. You know, every, right. everyone needs a break. You got to do this. No, your life is freaking over. Right. Your job is to teach those kids how to be great. Right. That's your job. Right. Your number one freaking job is to teach them that. Build a kid to be proud okay? of. Damn right. Right. Instead of a kid to blame their shortcomings on somebody else. Yeah, that's right. So. You just, you have to... You have to set your personal feelings or your personal your personal everything, let's be honest, aside yep. and say, Hey, I've just I have to pour everything I have into this kid. Right. Or these kids or my four kids or my five however many it is. Yeah. And it's your job to raise the next generation. Right. And don't and, and quit burning up all these excuses of oh, um, well, I'm working and you know, you don't understand how hard it is. Yeah. We all have it. We all understand how freaking hard it is. Yeah. Okay, I'm working 10 hours a, w a day. Mitch is working 10 hours a day. My wife works 10 hours a day. Okay. Well, let's see. Right now it is 10:25. I got up. I at got five. up at. I got up at 4:30. 4:30. I got up hit at five the gym, today. and I've been working ever since 6 a.m. So yeah. Yeah. We all we all have the I long started, days. Literally, the the hard work started for me today at 6:30. Yeah. And I got home when did, I don't know when I, Mitch texted me today, and I didn't text him until like. Or called him like at 4:45 and was like, "Hey, right, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get over there to do the podcast. I got yep. over here at six, and we're still going. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's what it takes. And this whole, all this crap about, oh, there needs to be life balance, and there needs to be, no. there, there does need to be life balance, but the fact that you need me time or you need this or you need that is just an excuse for being lazy. There is no such that work-life balance is an excuse that people who are underproductive use. Yeah. Right. So one of the one of the speakers from this conference I was at this last weekend, he said that successful people will do what they don't want to do as fast as they can, so that they can do what they want to do as long as they can. Damn straight. So. Work, be disciplined to do what you don't want to do as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and that gives you more time to do exactly what you want to do for as long as possible. So well said. Yeah, we'll end it on that. So, well said. Um, guys, if uh, if you enjoyed the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who may want to hear it. So uh, until next time, guys, uh, we will see you later. Hope you enjoyed the show. Love you guys. Peace. Thank you.